31. Oh, well, there goes my plan for, uh, you know, releasing a podcast every week again. <laughs> hey, it's me, Corey. Thank you for listening to my podcast. This is Midnight Corey, a podcast that uh, is about stuff, mainly horror. I like zombies and, and things like that and music and whatever. So thank you for listening. Uh, you know, I'm on my newest stretch of podcasting here before I decide to quit again. <laughs> But a lot of controversy has gone on, and a lot of people uh, have been asking me, hey, because of all this controversy, are you going to quit podcasting again? Don't let it get to you, this and that. No, I'm not quitting again. It's just the fact that my schedule is crazy. It's insane, uh, you know, with uh, having my son and my work and blah, 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 all about that. So uh, before I talk about uh, anything else, let's just address the controversy, and then I'm going to drop it because it's really stupid. Um, uh, basically, Matt over at the Splattercast asked me a couple weeks ago to listen to their newest episode. And this, this was actually not 24 hours after my last episode came out. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm being sucked into drama uh, right off the bat, which is you know kind of flattering in a way, I guess. But uh, Splattercast Matt, Matt Kister, man extraordinaire, <laughs> you know, uh, it says, please listen to our latest show. We talk about, uh, you know, podcast drama, making money on podcasts. Your name came up and, you know, we talked about you. We criticized you a little bit for what you say, but uh, we did it very respectfully. And uh, please send us a response in an email and we'll read it on our next show. So I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. So I listened to the show and... Uh, gave him my response and basically Matt was very offended by this and he really kind of you know lashed out at me and came after me on Twitter and on Facebook and and everything and uh you know wow wow this poor guy takes takes his stuff very seriously takes himself very seriously and you gotta you know you really gotta feel bad for him because uh, you know man this is something that he is very passionate about and uh, he's really upset with me so yeah, I feel bad for Matt, and I, you know, I, I just hope he, he gets better, uh, you know, really. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, whatever. <laughs> whatever. You know, I, I just feel bad now that I've actually supported his work here for so many years, and I've bought the two movies that they did, <laughs> and I've never said a bad thing about them. Never said a bad thing about them. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's too bad, but... What can you do? All of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm just not feeling so bad that I screwed them over for their little awards show. So what can you do? But yeah, yeah. So what can you do? Hey, that's podcasting. That's horror podcasting for you right there. So yeah, that's the, that's the caliber of people we're dealing with in this whole little fun world that we've created. So what can you do? Okay. There you go. I'm done with it. Now, moving on, uh, a lot of people have been... See, I get out of podcasting for this long, and I can't even talk anymore. It happened during the last show. It happened during this one. Okay, a lot of people have contacted me. That's it. Communicated with me. So many wonderful people. You've left comments on my blog. You've got to me through Twitter and through Facebook and all the wonderful different social media that we have out there. And and uh, actually, I got a lot of great uh, MP3s in. So let's just get to those first. We're going to hear from Misfit Boy first. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead you? Who'd have thought they'd lead you? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Well, look who's back. All right. I'm so glad to hear that you came back again, man. I knew you were coming back, but I just wasn't sure when. I honestly didn't think it was going to be this early, but hey, who cares? 
Glad to have you back on board, man. Well, like you said in the last episode, Graves was amazing. I mean, it was really cool, especially the fact that he still managed to do a couple Misfits tunes, like Dig Up Her Bones and Scream. It was really cool. Not to mention hanging out with you and my really cool wife, but just simple fact that getting a chance to hang out with some good friends, and for all you listeners out there that listen to this show, if you think for a minute that Corey does not know his movies, I gotta tell you, when we walked in, there was a couple TV sets set up, and they had old, an old horror movie sitting up there playing, and I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. Now mind you, I love old horror films. So Corey sat there, watched it for about two minutes, and told me right away, oh, that's Teenage Zombies. There's going to be a gorilla in there later on. Sure enough, he was right. So, very good. Good call, man. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm so glad you're back, dude. I just wanted to send over a quick MP3 here and just say, hey, like the song said at the beginning, welcome back. As for me, I'm kind of getting into some uh, Japanese horror now. I don't really know a whole lot about it, so kind of starting to, you know, tread through the waters a bit, I guess you could say. And I've seen a couple, like Old Boy, which is a really good film, Battle Royal. Um, there's one out there that I'd like to tell everybody, if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. It's cheesy, but it's fun. It's called Slashers, and you might be able to get it on Netflix. If you can, check it out. You might enjoy it. It's about a, it's almost like a reality show, but with serial killers on there, and they kind of hunt the contestants down. So, you get a chance, give it a once over. See what you think. Anyway, I just want to give a quick call in and say, hey. So, Corey, so glad you're back, man. Spitting your vile venom across the podcast community. I don't think we'd have it any other way, man. All right? You guys all take it easy. Corey, like I said, welcome back, brother. All right? It's Misfit Boy. I'm out of here. Well, Misfit Boy, thank you for sending that in. That means a lot, especially from you. Um, you know, I just got to say, Misfit Boy here is one of the most genuine, authentic, um, just wonderful people that I've met during my whole, you know, podcasting stint here. And, uh, man, yeah, yeah, I, I just really appreciate that. And, yeah, the Graves show was awesome. Uh, you know, I, I would go see Michael Graves wherever he went, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that uh, my life is very complicated at this point. But, uh, yeah, that was fantastic, and, and thank you. <laughs> I can't believe I recognized that movie. That was a complete fluke. I haven't even talked about that one here on the old podcast. Uh, yeah, Teenage Zombies, how about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, uh, no, I appreciate it, dude. Um, and uh, Misfit Boy, by the way, is doing great work with Root Rot on the, the Witch's Hat. So if you go to thewitcheshatblog.com, uh, you can listen, and uh, they did some great discussion about uh, about horror movies throughout all the decades, starting back in the 30s, and uh, really wonderful stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, Misfit Boy, thank you. And you're always welcome on this here podcast. You know that. You know that. But a lot of people don't want to be associated with me. So, <laughs> yeah. What can you do? I bring it on myself. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, the other MP3 that I got this, uh, just here to, uh, today, actually, because I'm recording this, uh, you know, whatever day it is. But um, I woke up this morning. There was an email in my inbox from Mastiff Man. Mastiff Man has been around since the days of the Midnight Podcast. Uh, we, we've done conference calls, and he, he's been on the show uh, uh, several times. Another great, great individual, and he sent me an MP3. So let's listen to him. Corey! Master fan checking in. I'm sending you an MP3 because I always sound like shit when I call on the phone. Welcome back. Glad to hear you opted to return to podcasting. Needed your fix like a crack core, did you? First half of this episode was lagging, pal. I know, I know, you had a kid, but you sound like the guy who got a girlfriend and ditched his friends when she started putting out. Then after a few months, he comes back around the old drinking spot, trying to fit in, but he's out of the loop. It took you a good part of episode 30 to start getting back into that Corey groove. I'm glad you're back. Looking forward to more. Hoping I've got to wait three months this time. See ya. Thank you, Mastiff Man. You know, I really appreciate that you're the kind of guy that is not uh, scared of uh, giving criticism. And you do it in a respectful way. <laughs> and 
<laughs> but no, your your analogy there was dead on. I mean, I felt like I was just kind of coming back into the crowd of, of, of guys again, trying to be one of the guys, you know, and trying to be all, you know, with it and cool still, you know, even though uh, I'd been out of it for a while. And, yeah, I was definitely feeling it. I was definitely feeling it, man. And, it, you know, hey, <laughs> that's that's just what it is. But hopefully, you know, I'll just keep doing it. And maybe, maybe I'll get back to the old thing again. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, I appreciate hearing from you. And hopefully I get to hear from you a whole lot more. A whole lot more. So thank you. Thank you for listening and sticking with me through all the insanity, <laughs> you know, throughout all of these years with with all the drama and all the this and the that. And, uh, uh. So it's wonderful. So, hey, while I'm doing uh, kind of responses here, I got an, uh, a, a voicemail from Skeptical Zach. Now, I haven't talked about the voicemail yet since I came back. The voicemail is different than before. Um, it's still alive. It, it still exists. 814-806-2828. Uh, however, when you call it, you're going to hear a more generic message from me, like, hello, this is Corey, leave me a message, I'm a fancy man, you know, something something to that effect. Um, and that's because during my little break here, I, I figured, you know, I'm paying for this for this uh, number here, so I, I'm, I'm going to start using it for, for more than just a podcast, because I wasn't even podcasting. So uh, I kind of opened it up, and, and it's being used for other things, but... If you call me and you leave me a voicemail on that number, I I will know what it's for and I will, you know, use it on the podcast. So, like hearing from you guys. So, most of you out there uh, do think, <laughs> you know, most of you uh, do have a brain and uh, I appreciate that. Unfortunately, a lot of times the most vocal people out there are the ones that just don't think and are just... <laughs> out there have issues so yeah what can you do that's internet land for you that's internet land for you so um anyhow uh that's great what are we talking about this week uh lots of stuff lots of stuff watched movies and and all kinds of things i watched the movie witchboard from 1986 uh and the reason being it's directed by kevin tenney and on the last podcast i talked about uh, pinocchio's revenge which was a kevin tenney movie and when i looked it up uh, it said, you know, that Tenny had also directed Witchboard. Never saw it. I figured I'd give it a shot. So I'll be talking about that. I'll be talking about another movie. It's actually German, and uh, you can get it in, uh, in a Region 2 DVD format, I believe, um, called Siege of the Dead from 2010. Uh, this one I was turned on to uh, via the people at Movie Brain Rot. And I believe it was Jim who uh, who gave a short review for it, and it was fairly uh, fairly positive, and I was interested in hearing about it. So, talking about Siege of the Dead, it was only an hour long too, so that was that was good. Uh, a couple short uh, things I'm going to talk about. Uh, there was a clip, actually a clip. I'll, I'll talk about this one right now on my blog on the comments for the last episode. Uh, I, a, a listener who goes by the name of Hulkamania Runs Wild posted a video that is on YouTube and it's free to watch and it's called Crawl Space and it is a short zombie uh, film movie thing and it's fantastic. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, I gave it the old thumbs up on YouTube and and uh, yeah, it, it's great. So I'm going to have a link to that in uh, the show notes on the blog for this episode. And you can also look at the comments for episode 30 and uh, find Hulkamania Runs Wild. And there's a uh, there's a little uh, link to it there. So uh, yeah, that's called Crawl Space. And it was very, very well done. Um, the other one that I will talk about a little bit later was actually on Vimeo. And I just found this one out of the blue and watched it. And I'll tell you all about it. It was called Undead Cadenza. Undead Cadenza. Yes, yes. So, uh, awesome. I'm going to talk about beer again. How about that? Yeah, I, I enjoyed a beer. Now, it was kind of weird the way that I ended up with this case of beer, and I, I may talk about that. I don't know. But um, I'm going to be talking about uh, Sam Adams' Long Shot Homebrew Contest pack. Uh, it was in a case. It's four six-packs, three different beers, and uh, it's all the product of this uh, homebrew contest that Sam Adams holds every year, uh, which I think is fantastic. So I'll tell you what I thought about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, da, da. Am I going to play original music? Yeah. I mean, I'm really uh, getting low on stuff that I can play because I haven't been churning out anything original in the last several months. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll play the song that I was going to play for you on that episode that never was completed before I went on my whole big hiatus. Yeah, so we'll play that. Uh, why not? Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, this is an interesting headline, uh, that I found, uh, I, I, I think, 
was it on uh it might have been on the um radio deadly uh twitter feed or something like that the michael graves uh twitter thing um but uh yeah he posts some interesting news articles and links and this one the headline says teenager stabs himself to death on stage at open mic night in front of shocked crowd at coffee shop and this is a, an emotionally tormented man or a boy or something teenager teenager and uh, yeah, he did this real dramatic thing up on an open mic night at this coffee shop. And at the end, he stabbed himself to death. And of course, the people are they're sitting there and they're like, oh, this is this is just a funny little you know stunt that he's pulling. It can't be real. But no, it was real. And you see comments to this article and, 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 and things. And uh, they interviewed some of his friends and their friends are like, yeah, we saw this coming. He talked about doing this a lot. I'm like, huh, huh, <laughs> weird. Uh, but, uh, you know, this is actually interesting because if you know who Gigi Allen is, uh, he, he's dead, but, uh, you know, he was, he was a, a punk singer and, uh, just very extreme. I mean, crazy, crazy guy. And, uh, he had always gone around saying that, uh, how he is going to die is he will commit suicide on stage. And, uh, he never had the balls to do that. I'm sorry, Gigi. You ne- you never brought yourself to do that. You're you're a tough guy and everything, but you you never you know put your money where your mouth is in, in that regard. You did a lot of crazy stuff, but uh, you, you know you never came through on that. So, uh, but uh, anyhow, this guy, you know, he he actually did it, and he told people he was gonna do it, and he he came through. So you gotta have something for that. It's terrible when somebody commits suicide, and I'm not I'm not saying that this is a good thing, but uh, you know. Hey, he, he one up Gigi Allen on that, so <laughs> or one up to what? I don't know, I don't know. So that was crazy. Um, th- there's a Walking Dead novel coming out. I just saw this. I don't even have a link to it in front of me. Somebody put it up on on Twitter. Uh, Robert Kirkman is writing a, a novel that uh, kind of branches off on one of the story arcs from The Walking Dead, and this one's going to be all about the governor. So this is going to be really interesting because we're getting history here behind uh, how the governor got to be who he was and the circumstances and everything like that. So uh, I am looking forward to that. Uh, I think it's slated for a September release. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to wait uh, several months here before we see that. But uh, I'm really interested in that, especially because Robert Kirkman is helping to write it. This isn't some fan fiction or or some uh, weird author or whatever doing it. Uh, Kirkman is helping write this himself. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that, uh, that pulls, holds a lot of weight, you know, in, in my eyes. So I will be very interested in that, especially with the slew of zombie novels that are out there right now. Don't get me wrong. A lot of very talented, uh, authors out there writing some great zombie fiction. There's so much. It's like, how do you choose? How do you choose what to read? Especially a guy like me that's very busy with life, you know? And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You just got to pick and choose what you read and I'm going to choose to read uh, that novel. So yeah, look for that in September. I was very, very excited to hear about that. Okay, well, let's play this here original music song. It's called Banana Stick, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's it's just whatever. I don't know. But uh, and then, uh, yeah, we'll talk about some more stuff. Glow with an apple light 
It's great to hear from you, Skeptical Zach. You're one of the guys, again, that's been there for a long time. You've put up with my shenanigans, and you're still listening. I, I'm not sure why, but I do appreciate it. You know, it's very encouraging, very flattering when people are still downloading the show. <laughs> it really is. Because there's a lot of love that goes into it. A lot of, a lot of heart. <laughs> now, I think when you were saying, you know, I didn't sound like myself or something, uh, I don't know if you were referring to uh, the, the episode 30, or if you were referring to the uh, the voicemail message that you get, and I, I kind of explained that, you know, the voicemail's used for more than the podcast now. And, uh, yeah, in a- episode 30, you know, just like Mastiff Man pointed out, I just, I, I was rusty, man. A- episode 30 downright sucked. It downright sucked. It was horrible. So, yeah, you know, I'll be the first to say that. But, dude, thank you for calling in. I, I enjoy uh, hearing what you have to say, and I always value your opinion and your your criticism because it's always uh, very well-spoken and very well-taken. So, Skeptical Zach, hey, I'm going to have a beer for you, my friend. When you open the door to the unknown, there's no telling who will drop in. Or who will drop dead? Witchboard, rated R. First movie I'm going to talk about this week uh, is Witchboard. From 1986, uh, I watched it and I quite enjoyed it. I love 80s horror, and I watched it because, again, of the whole Kevin Tenney thing. And uh, so this this movie, I mean, it's completely different than Pinocchio's Revenge, and I'm very glad. Uh, so okay. I'm watching this, and the lead actress is named Tawny Katayan. She plays Linda, this girl who's all obsessed with a Ouija board that this guy brings to a party the one time, and they start talking to this spirit named David, supposedly, and all kinds of stuff happens. Now, I'll tell you about that here in a minute. But uh, I want to talk about this woman because I'm like, I've seen her somewhere else before. You know, I've never seen Witchboard before. This is my first time. And I'm like, I oh, know I've seen her somewhere before. So as I'm reading about her, it ends up that Tawny here is uh, from a bunch of white snake videos. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and and particularly for the video for uh Here I Go Again. So yeah. So I'll admit it, I'll admit it. You know, while I was young and naive, you know, around the the middle to late 80s, and I was in junior high, you know, I I I had this brief stint where I actually listened to hair bands and that kind of stuff, you know, uh, the White Snake and the Motley Crue and the Poison. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, though, I did come to my senses as I grew up, and I, I made a decision that I just wanted to start listening to music that doesn't suck. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, yeah, poor Tawny, though. I'm looking up more information about her, and this poor girl has really had it rough since getting involved in Hollywood. You know, uh, She was actually married to David Coverdale, the singer for Whitesnake, uh, for a few years, and she did the old Hollywood rounds that all these pretty actresses seem to do anymore. You know, she was with Tommy Lee and with, you know, a bunch of bunch of those clowns. And uh, then she was arrested for beating up one of her husbands like nine or ten years ago. And she's been caught with coke and driving under the influence. I mean, hey, hey, that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood, man. And that's especially rock and roll. That's White Snake. That's White Snake. That's Molly Crew. That's the life right there. So. 
<laughs> oh, poor Tawny. Actually, I have a lot of respect for her, though, because she did a great uh, great job in this movie and in the Whitesnake videos. But, uh, you know, okay, she plays Linda. What happens is uh, she's at this party. Guy brings a Ouija board, and she, you know, kind of gets pulled into trying it out with him and starts communicating with a spirit supposedly, you know, gives them little messages by moving the little, uh, what is it, the planchette or whatever it is around the board and stuff, and uh, the guy accidentally forgets it at the house uh, after the party, so she starts using it by herself, which was really uh, not recommended. They say you should, uh, you know, use the Ouija board with more than one person, because uh, otherwise, you know, these spirits are tricky, and, you know, they'll they'll take advantage of you, and they're good liars, and everything like that. Well, they're supposedly talking to this spirit named David, and he supposedly gets mad when uh, whenever they were talking to him, and uh, things start getting out of hand and this uh, spirit of David who's um, apparently the spirit of a 10 year old boy that had died years ago or whatever um, you know he, he's going around and, and eventually is trying to basically kill everybody who is in this girl's life and Linda's life and, uh, and then you find out at the end that it wasn't really the spirit of David that they were talking to all along. It was the spirit of this serial killer, and he was coming back trying to kill people, and then he comes back and possesses her. And, yeah, it's all kind of crazy stuff. And it, it, this is a really cool movie, you know. It's, it's the middle of the 80s. Everything's cool. It's very scary. It's kind of spooky in parts. It has great atmosphere. I mean, I just love it. Uh, this, is, this is really great. Um, and it actually did well enough in, uh, in the box office and sales and, and everything like that that uh that it got two sequels so we got witchboard 2 and witchboard 3 and strangely enough the only one that's available on netflix is witchboard 3 the first two are not available on netflix instant anyhow um and uh which is uh unfortunate but i have i have the first two uh, I have a copy of them myself, but uh, yeah. So I, I will be watching the third on Netflix, but I'll be talking about those next two uh, the following two weeks. And, you know, I don't always have the best, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to really expect much from sequels. I just really don't, especially when you have a really, really good first movie and then you start making sequels after that. They tend to, you know, get, just get downhill. So I'm not really expecting much from them, but... Uh, you know, I, I hope there is something worth watching in them. I, I don't know anything about them. I haven't heard anyone's opinions of them. Uh, I haven't read any reviews or anything. So I'm going into these movies completely, 100% pure. Pure. <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah, Witchboard, it's a great movie. Again, it's got the whole 80s feel to it. It's 80s horror at, at its best. So I'm going to give it uh, an 8 out of 10, and you ought to go pick this up. I gotta thank my good friends over there at Movie Brain Rot for uh, turning me on to Siege of the Dead, which is 2010. It's a, a German movie, and uh, they had put uh, they had written an article. I think Jim or one of the guys over there, I'm thinking it was Jim, uh, wrote a review of it online, and then he posted it to Twitter, and uh, I happened to see it come up, so I read it, and I'm like, huh, wow, that sounds pretty good. So his review was pretty positive for it, and. Uh, you know, I got on their website and things, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, the big thing that they have across the top of their website, you know, as soon as you get there, it says, quote, Romero would be proud, five stars, from eatmybrains.com. I'm like, ah, oh, Romero would be proud. Well, <laughs> Romero is the be-all, end-all of zombies. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, if Romero would be proud, then Corey would be proud also. So... 
Yeah, I, I have no idea who EatMyBrains.com is. I'm sure they're a very reputable organization. Um, but uh, anyhow, yeah. So I'm watching this. And uh, let me give you the uh, uh, official synopsis here. It only runs about an hour, which is great, which is perfect. I rarely have the attention span or, um, you know, anything for uh, anything like 90 minutes anymore. It's like I got so much to do. And I end up, either, if I sit still for 90 minutes straight, I'll end up falling asleep. And <laughs> I always got to be doing something. So, uh, yeah. So it's really got to be a special movie to to um, to keep me for the full 90 minutes. So, and there are so many movies out there anymore that you're like, man, they could have done this in an hour. They could have, you know, this was not warranted to be 90 minutes. They could have done the same exact thing and probably better if they would have shortened it. And that's what they did here. So, Siege of the Dead. Um, here's the official synopsis from their website, SiegeOfTheDead.com. Barricade yourself in and prepare for the apocalypse. The Siege of the Dead is upon us. When Michael arrives in the city to visit his girlfriend, he soon realizes that a terrible virus has spread across the city, turning people into mindless homicidal maniacs. Trapped in his girlfriend's flat, he teams up with Harper, a teenage plumber, as hordes of infected zombies begin to swarm the building. With astonishing special effects and a riveting storyline, Siege of the Dead is a thrilling gore-fest laced with pitch-black humor, high-tension, and shocking scares. <laughs> okay, so that's the end of the official synopsis. Thank you, SiegeoftheDead.com. Saved me from having to, you know, bumble through it. Um, overall, excellent. An excellent movie. I'm very glad that I watched it. Had a good time. It was very effective. Um, you know, they did wonderful things with a low budget, I think. It, it, you know, really, and here, here's the thing. I'm going to just say it now. Uh, this could almost be taking place in the 28 Days Later kind of universe. And that's because, again, these these weren't technically zombies. These were infected. And I'm not going to argue about it because it's such... I'm so sick of it. I don't care. It was kind of a fun little thing to, to debate about back in the day. But who cares? God, who cares? Um, so, you know, they're infected. They're more like 28 days later kind of thing. And they run. Uh, they're, they're not shambling at all. But, uh, I mean, they look great. Um, and they're, they're very angry, the makeup and, and everything, the effects were great, uh, but they're very angry, like I said, and they do a lot of growling and hissing and foaming at the mouth and things like that. So yeah, they're very rage-style infected things here. So that leads me you know, to be concerned about a couple things here, which is like, okay, uh, how is this Siege of the Dead? Uh, people do die. People do die in the movie. But uh, they are infected. The, the people who come back as these rage-infected things don't die first and then come back. So the of the dead part really was like, huh, what? Um, so and I'm wondering. I'm wondering if Romero was actually proud. If Romero has seen this at all, uh, is he proud? Um, you know, the the speculation by EatMyBrains.com was that Romero would be proud. You know, if we had to take our best guess. Yeah, Romero would be proud. I'm not thinking he would. Or maybe he would. You know, he made Survival of the Dead, and I, he, I'm sure he was proud of that uh, from the way he talked about it. So, uh, you know, maybe he would be proud of this. So, you know, yeah, good for him. But Corey wasn't proud of the fact that they tried to make this a zombie movie. Although, you know, uh, I'm not going to argue it. I'm not going to argue it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like I said, this is a very fun movie, very effective. Um, it succeeded very well in that it was about the characters and not necessarily the infected. It had great scenes of violence and gore and infected mayhem. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but it was primarily about the people. And we all know that that's really what makes a good zombie movie work. So, 8 out of 10, 60 minutes long, Siege of the Dead. Go to siegeofthedead.com to get you a, uh, a copy of this one. <laughs> How many red-hot chili peppers does it take to screw in a light bulb? Okay. Well, it depends on how recently they've shot up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and why did the Red Hot Chili Peppers cross the road? Why? Well, because they were running away from the rehab clinic. <laughs> Of 
guitar is favored by Red Hot Chili Peppers guitarist John Frusciante. <clears throat> the methatone. <laughs> do when their management informed them that they were not at all happy with the band's latest tracks. <clears throat> well, they went out and bought long sleeve shirts. <laughs> what do you get when you cross the red hot chili peppers with an octopus? <clears throat> Junkies with eight arms to shoot up into. <laughs> hey, did you guys hear? Did I, do you have a newspaper here? No? You can't import one? Do you have the internet in this town? No. No. All right, well, I'll fill you in on what's going on in the world, then. Since you, you don't know. Um, Anthony Kiedis, the Grammy Award-winning composer of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Finally joined the Mile High Club. Yeah. yeah. He raped a woman on Mount Everest. <laughs> What's the difference? What is the difference between the red hot chili peppers and a banana? Thanks for asking. Well, a banana is high in potassium. The red hot chili peppers are high on heroin. <laughs> hey, don't blame me. I stole that joke from Chris Christopherson. What's the difference? What is the difference between the red hot chili peppers? and Harriet Tubman. <laughs> the great Harriet Tubman. Well, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, or, or sorry, Harriet Tubman. <laughs> Harriet Tubman, the great Harriet Tubman, was of course, she was of course uh, a heroine to the slaves. <laughs> And the Red Hot Chili Peppers are slaves to heroin! Thank you! Could somebody bring a bucket of isopropyl alcohol to the stage? I'm going to need that to finish this set. Alright, alright, let me talk about this short zombie movie that I found on Vimeo here uh, within the past couple weeks. Uh, I don't even know how I uh, how I found it. I, I might have Googled for something. I stumbled upon it somehow. It's called Undead Cadenza. You can uh, watch this for free. It's up on Vimeo, like I said. Give you the link in the show notes. It's all good. Um, it's less than three minutes long, so it's like, for all you MTV generation kids out there, it's just your length, you know? Uh, it was posted at the end of uh, December 2010, so it's still pretty new here within the last uh, four or five months. Now, when you read the, uh, the comments and description of this short, it was apparently, uh, quote, more of an exercise than a narrative short. Um, so um, it, it's actually really cool. It was made by this in independent production house in Portugal, so it's Portuguese. Uh, they've managed to conquer the language barrier by including no speech at all. So actually, it's not in Portuguese. I don't know what I'm talking about. It would be in Portuguese if there was any speaking, but there wasn't any speaking. So, but they told uh, this this really short story. They gave this little snapshot uh, through visuals and music. So here's the description that Vimeo gives to it. So I don't have to, you know, give my own butchered description. Quote in music. A cadenza, from Italian, cadenza meaning cadence, is generically an improvised or written-out ornamental passage played or sung by a soloist or soloists, usually in a free rhythmic style, and often allowing for virtuoso display. 
So uh, basically, what they're saying is this is just kind of a, a snapshot, more of a more of a visual painting, uh, uh, you know, something like that, just a glimpse in time, and that's exactly what this is. This is just a, it's a it's a very nice little short that. Uh, is just a scene of this whole zombie thing happening. Now, um, one thing that caught my eye, before I, I get into this any further, one thing that caught my eye about this is that they used uh, a, a DSLR for the movie. They didn't use uh, a video camera or a film camera, per se. Uh, they shot it on a Canon DSLR, which is uh, a, single, a digital single-lens reflex camera which is uh, traditionally used for still photography, but anymore, uh, if you're into you know, doing a lot of video, HD video, then uh, you'll know that the DSLRs have taken the industry by storm because the video that they can capture is of extreme high quality. I mean, it looks great. Um, plus, you have all the flexibility of the different lenses and the great lenses uh, that uh, are available for these cameras. Um, so Canon has a lot of excellent, excellent lenses for its cameras. Um, I actually use uh, the Panasonic GH1s, and uh, I love them. I love them. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it, it's great stuff. So uh, I was very interested in to see what they pulled off with this DSLR. Um, so uh, here we go. My only gripe about this is actually the special effects, which, you know, in a, in a low-budget, no-budget thing, that's usually the gripe I have. Um, all the muzzle flashes and the blood splatters are obviously digitally painted in. They're all CG, no question. And uh, really, the, the worst of this, where, where it suffers the most, is when he shoots a zombie in the head and digital blood flies out of the head, which is, okay, whatever, but then there's no blood splattered on the floor or the walls or anything. It's like, it's like the blood just disappears. It vaporizes within a split second of coming in contact with the air. So unless these zombies have some kind of blood that as soon as it hits the air, it vaporizes and disappears, then, you know, this is just a, you know, a shortcoming of the digital effects. So, yeah, that kind of thing bothers me. And the problem with this is that whenever you're conscious of the effects, whenever you're looking at that and saying, oh, that was CG or, oh, that looked really fake... It's pulling you out of the story. Whenever you're watching something, uh, you, you have to uh, get yourself into what they call a, a willful suspension of disbelief. It's where you g get invested in the story and you're enveloped in it and you play along with whatever's going on in there. And it is the filmmaker's job to facilitate that. It's their job so that they keep you in the story and you're not distracted from the story. You're not so bored that you're you know, looking at the wall or something like that that you're actually captivated. And that's, that's not what happens here when things like this uh, occur. You know, you have, you have effects that suck, and it's like, oh, that effect suck. Oh, all of a sudden, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not paying attention to this story. I'm not paying attention to the action anymore. You know, I, I don't know. That's what happens for me, and I think a lot of other people, too. Um, so, uh, basically, this looks like it could have been a scene from La Horde. The Horde. Have, have you seen that? You really should. If you haven't seen The Horde yet, you, you need to. It's a great French zombie movie, quote, zombie movie, whatever, running zombies, blah, 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 blah. Um, but let's talk about the zombies, um, because, you know, I'm almost dreading this part. Because it's like, you know, I found people who say that they enjoy zombie movies tend to be very, very sensitive about what a zombie is and what a zombie isn't. And some people think a zombie can be anything. You know, King Kong was a zombie. Creature from the Black Lagoon, that was a zombie. Uh, vampires, they're technically zombies. Oh, Freddy from, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, he's a zombie. <laughs> Some people just, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't get it. You know where I stand on it, and I really don't care. So, anyhow, um, they're inconsistent in this short. Because at the beginning of the short, they're very fast. They're very irate. They're moving quickly. And at the very end of the short, uh, they're kind of shambling along. Uh, so really, uh, you know, it's kind of inconsistent. And uh, it's basically a guy in a, in a parking garage who's being attacked by zombies. And he shoots him in the head and this and that. And it, it's really fun. Go watch it. Go watch it. I'm not saying this isn't uh, a fun short. I'm not saying you shouldn't watch it. But, uh, you know, I'm just uh, giving my opinion of kind of the things I saw. Um, and, you know, it, it's just stuff like this that I think is uh, one of the reasons why so many people nowadays are really confused about zombies. 
you know, no one uh, really knows anymore whether a zombie, you know, should run, walk, be able to talk, dance around, sing a few songs, you know, go to the store. I, you know, nobody really knows, you know. And, and uh, you know, we have movies like Dawn of the Dead 2004. We got 28 Days Later. Um, and movies like that to really thank for this, you know, movies that have come out saying they're zombie movies, even though I realize that uh, they didn't claim that 28 Days Later was a zombie movie, but, you know, the general populace does. You know, your general Joe on the street thinks 28 Days Later is a zombie movie. So, yeah, movies like that to kind of thank for it, where they've kind of brought in all these crazy elements uh, to the zombie thing, and now it's a big, weird uh, mashup. I don't even know. So, you know, it's just another reason why zombie movies, I think, have really been suffering lately. So, you know, th through all of this, though, th th let me say, uh, you, sh you should watch this. It it's very well done. It's a beautiful looking piece, because like I said, the what they did with the with the DSLR was, was uh, great stuff. You know, I, I was very impressed by the cinematography. But, uh, you know, it just, it just uh, suffers a few things. But this is just an experiment. And I got to say, for being an experiment and really just a quick kind of off-the-cuff thing going on here, good job. Great job on this. I really enjoyed it. Undead Cadenza, available on Vimeo. I'm going to give you the link in the show notes. So, yeah, look it up, have a watch, and then uh, let me know what you think. I would kill everyone in this room for a drop of sweet beer. All right, let me talk about a few beers here. Now, I'm not going to claim to be the beer man like Brian in Colorado, you know, I, I don't have as much knowledge or, you know, I can't always, uh, I can't always describe the tastes and everything because I, I just haven't, you know, I haven't done a lot of that. I'm, I'm not a, a really great beer reviewer. I, I just know a good beer when I taste it and usually, you know, look at it and smell it and things like that. Um, but uh, let me tell you about some new stuff I tried this week. It's the Samuel Adams Long Shot Homebrew Contest. Now, this is a case of beer that I found at the distributor, um, and uh, it, it looked very interesting to me uh, because Samuel Adams holds this homebrew contest every year. The top three winners, uh, they sell six packs and cases of these winners. So it's like a variety pack. It's really cool. There are three beers in this one, and these are the three winners from 2010. Now, I, I made a blog post about this, um, and you'll find it probably right before this episode on, on my website. And... Uh, the 2011 contest is actually going on right now. So if, if you're one of the fancy people that brew beer and you get creative with your brews and you, you, you like doing that kind of thing, you know, hey, give it a shot. You can go to samueladams.com and, and enter. Everything's right there. But uh, this is great. I like the whole grassroots thing. You know, you, you, you're looking from the common man. You know, it's like podcasting or the way podcasting should be in my eyes. You know, it's just it's just regular guys, you know, doing their things because they like to do it. And then they're they're getting, you know, recognition and, and things because of that. And um, so, yeah, yeah, there you go. I, I, I'm, I'm a big supporter of this kind of thing. So so uh, the three beers that were in here were uh, Blackened Hops, uh, a brew by Rodney Kibsey, Friar Hop Ale by Richard Roper, and Honeybee's Lavender Ale by Caitlin DeClerc. So uh, let me start into this. The first one I tried was Blackened Hops, and I tried these all in a row, so I'm not sure I should have uh, done that. I should have maybe had one, waited a little bit, uh, waited till all the flavor had dissipated and everything from my palate, and then tried the next one. No, no, I just had one after the other. Yeah, I just took some notes here on what I thought. Uh, Blackened Hops is the first one that I had. Um, I was using my nice, big, fancy uh, beer glass for this, and uh, it poured very dark, nice dark color, very rich. Uh, very smooth with a short tan head on it. Very nice looking beer. And it smelled like chocolate, you know, kind of a coffee thing going on. And that's exactly what the taste was for me, too. It was very smooth, very rich, chocolatey coffee, kind of like a stout. Uh, but it had that whole hops thing kind of going there. So I really enjoyed it. 7% alcohol by volume, and uh, it was a great drink. So blackened hops, I, I definitely could have had more of. But it's, it's one of those rich beers, though. And you can't, like, pound them down, you know. It's not, it's not like you're in college, you know, slamming down the Milwaukee's best light. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, this is one that you just sit back and enjoy. And that's why, that's why I like these craft beers, you know. I can just sit back and enjoy them. I actually like to sit back and slowly savor the flavors that I'm experiencing. So... 
<laughs> uh, let's go on to Friar Hop Ale. Uh, now, this bad boy was 9% alcohol by volume. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Um, this is more of a Belgian ale, kind of more like, you know, one of the, the wit beers. And um, it, it poured a clear amber with a nice, nice frothy white head. And uh, this one was a little bit fruity, had a little bit of the coriander thing going on. And that's what bothers me about most of these kind of beers, the Belgian ales. You know, I just, uh, there, there's a spice, and I think it's the coriander that I just have this adverse reaction to. You know, it, it's not like I, I'm, I'm allergic to it. It's just that I don't like the flavor. It kind of turns my stomach a little bit, and I just, I just don't like it. Um, and this happens in a lot of uh, Hefeweizens. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm usually not a big fan of this kind of beer. But uh, I tell you what, I, I kind of enjoyed it, you know, uh, even though it had a little bit of that coriander taste to it that I don't like, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a good beer. I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm sure probably that 9% alcohol really kind of helped things along there. But, uh, you know, hey, hey, this is great. It wasn't, it wasn't my favorite of the three, but uh, it was definitely a good beer, and I can see why it has a spot in the top three beers here. The last one, number three, is called Honeybee's Lavender Ale. Now, this is by a girl who is actually an employee at uh, Samuel Adams. And the first thing I thought to myself is, well, how fair is that? <laughs> if I was in this contest and I saw that an employee of Sam Adams won the Sam Adams contest, you know, wouldn't you be a little, like... What's up? You know, what's going on? But anyhow, I'll look past it. It's really cool that a female actually held a spot here. So, yeah, there you go. Um, now, this one, it had the least alcohol in it. Of the three, it was 5.5% alcohol by volume. But uh, this had the most unique taste of the three. I mean, I've never tasted a beer that uh, was quite like this before. It's like, <laughs> here are my notes, it's like you're drinking a beer flower. <laughs> That's exactly... I described it. I mean, it, it, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Somebody brewed flowers in with it, lavender, uh, apparently, uh, right into the beer, and it tasted great. It tasted absolutely great. This is a great kind of summer afternoon beer. You know, it, it's it was a, a lighter thing. Didn't have a lot going on, but that flavor, man, that was just good. This is the kind of beer that I'd kind of like to bust out at a party for somebody and say, hey. Uh, you've probably never had anything like this. Give this a try. You know, it was really cool. So overall, this was great. Uh, the, this pack is available in six packs a lot of places. But like I said, I found it at the distributor when uh, I was there looking for a case of beer. And uh, I, I was at the distributor completely by accident. I had no intention of buying beer that day. But I happened to be passing by because of one or two wrong turns. And, uh, well, you know. I had to stop in and say hello, and <laughs> well, there you go. But uh, anyhow, it's great, and pretty much I love anything that Sam Adams comes out with anyhow, so maybe I'm a little biased. Midnight Cory. It's a knife in your eye. Midnight Cory. It's a fistful of glass. Midnight Cory. It will make you regret the day you were born. Midnight Cory. It's a hammer to the face. Midnight Cory. It's the nightmare that never ends. Midnight Cory. It's time to die. Midnight Cory. It's slippery with intestines. Midnight Cory. It's the smell of burning flesh. Join, Join us at midnightcory.com. All right, that's the end of the show. Thank you for everything. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you to everybody who's been going to the blog and posting comments and and has been putting up with uh, with how I respond to, to unreasonable people, you know, when I get on Twitter and stuff. That My problem is that I respond, and that's what they want. They want a response, and they know if they start you know, uh, trying to pick a fight with me that I'll kind of uh, I'll kind of take the bait, you know what I mean? I that's it's just one of my issues. One of my many, many issues. <laughs> but don't think that that's uh, the end of the controversy, because I'm sure there'll be more to come. So you're going to want to listen in and see what trouble I get myself into next. It's just inevitable, apparently. Even if I don't actively <laughs> do anything, it kind of comes to me. So, hey, whatever, whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll deal with it. So, yeah, voicemail is 814-806-2828. The website is midnightcory.com, um, and yeah, that's where the show notes are and links for all the stuff I talked about today. Uh, fantastic. So, 
Uh, if you want to send me an MP3 with uh, your comments, you can do so. Uh, my email is Corey at MidnightCorey.com, so just send it on in. Uh, or you can do the voicemail thing, you can do email, I mean, you know, whatever. You know, I like hearing from you guys, and if you have reviews and stuff like that, yeah, yeah, you know, send them on in. I, I, I like hearing what other people think about movies and music and things like that, because I don't, uh, I, I'm not, <laughs> you know, despite what you might think, I'm not the be-all, end-all of, uh, of reviews, and my opinion isn't better than anyone else's. <laughs> so, there you go. Well, once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with me, and I will really, really try to put out another show next week. Next week. Let's see. what. Let's see. Let's see. Next week is going to be Wishboard 2. Witchboard 2. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens there. And a lot of other stuff, too. Uh, let's scare Jessica to death. Yeah, from 1971, I think. But, uh, yeah, I just watched that for the first time. I'll be talking about that next week. And a lot of other stuff. I'm just going to go. I- I'm rambling. Thanks for listening. Bye. Stay loose and stay safe. And remember, when you think zombie movies, think Midnight Quarry. Yeah. <laughs> Shit talk extraordinaire. Print motherfucking night. I got like eight bars to kill. Time to spill. I'm in a place with motherfucking Ace Rizzle. Ace Wiggity Rock. I spit with an Yo. immense amount of power. Talk slang showers. Cowards cower underneath our storm clouds that indicate the acid rain hours. Now or never, ever. Ending on a bad note. Ripping a crap. For spitting a bad quote Blueprint, what's your approach? I smash black folk and white folk alike For jokes with mics And make a Kodak moment Out of the most boring open mic I'll make a sad fan Appreciate rap again Fuck around and forget just how whack it's been I'm a bad man Why that? I catch bullets in my molars Body slam boas Then take flight with the weight of the world On my shoulders Appetite to dine on life forms Small planets and satellites Your solar system is my condiment I vomit comets And don't sweat the small things and nonsense Every dog has its day and even more so in ramen So I decided that I never played a fire hydrant Or grab the mic down and lazy, worn down and tired Cats don't really fall off and just get uninspired But before you get a reason to ever diss us Drop an LLP and disappear like Bobby Fischer But this is the building block of all that is And what it is, is alchemy Flirting with Hurley Burley chemistry Graffiti burner urchin merging with a certain herd Jerk and serve your centerpiece My zigzag fully balanced gallops with a fiery outline Banner bomb y'all pastel poets belly up I'll tell you what One style in four dimensions Count them three to take it to your muck One to build a world you'll never touch And I'm a pilot Delirium serum poison arrangement Come browse through an idyllic storm and Suck the raw enslavement with a grim style stinger creeping out the basement Encased in wild ritualistic visions of sacrificial bitch cadence For all my iron giant soldiers with a metal fist stuck Shielding mother nature from a fatal wrist cut story I respect you So why they blaming you for the cats that sleep while the earth turns? Yeah, I had them up all night praying I'd re-release music for earthworms Breathe even a lean squeamish Grip milestone like ring 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 I just caught the scream phoenix click dial tone Welcome to a cloud 12 Brutal hallucination, war pillar, carnivore, carnival, karma slasher I dash like a jackrabbit that orbits revelation With a single pounce to Edward Scissorhands, your string of doubt This is that mighty Casey 
home field advantage to bench and blitz it with a crocodile smile and five robot knuckles to your kisser. This is alchemy, basic.